Live from the capital of Raider Nation, Las Vegas, Nevada, it's Silver and Black Today. Your daily dose of all things Las Vegas Raiders football. News, views, guests, and your phone calls are all part of the game plan. There's only one nation, and it listens here. Now your host, Scott Colbranson. Welcome back. Silver and Black Today, Raider Nation Radio, live from the Raiders Worldwide Headquarters in Henderson, Nevada. Scott Colbranson, Evan Grote with you. And as always, the show powered by our good friends, Sam and Ash, the injury attorneys, 702-820-1234, because you deserve what's right. Story of the day in the NFL, of course, is the story swirling around Russell Wilson. Today's uh, The Athletic, uh, the long and interesting story about Wilson and the rift between him and the Seahawks, quote unquote, uh, uh, quote, around power and control. Uh, and so we've been talking about that because reportedly the Raiders are a destination that Russell Wilson would consider if a trade was hatched between the Seahawks and several other teams mentioned there as well. So we decided, hey, let's go to the source of the story. Let's go to one of the guys who wrote it, uh, along with two colleagues at The Athletic NFL. That, of course, is Mike Sando. Mike is the senior writer at The Athletic, also the host of the Football GM podcast. He's a Hall of Fame voter and a fellow member of the Pro Football Writers of America. Mike, thanks for being with us today on what I'm sure is just a crazy busy day for you. Yeah, it's been a it's been a fun day though. You know, the off season is almost more fun than the season, depending <laughs> how well your team's doing. You know, so it's been fun. Yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting too because with this with this pop this morning, uh, you know, of course, as you know, and we've talked before, Raider Nation has a very weird and 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 decisive split on their quarterback uh, Derek Carr. It's very polarizing for some reason, and so when any time there's any speculation about another quarterback in the NFL, and the Raiders are mentioned with it, uh. People have a very visceral reaction to it. And we'll get to that and, and the possibility of Russell Wilson finding a new home and maybe even in Las Vegas. But first, I want to start with the, the great journalism that you guys did here. Of course, Michael Sean Duger and Jason Jenks, your co-authors on this piece. But let's start with the Russell Wilson issue in Seattle. Russell Wilson, obviously a beloved member of the Seahawks. He's heavily involved, not only in the community there, but he has lots of business interest in Seattle. And so no one ever thought that Russell Wilson would get to a point where there was a big rift and he might be looking to get out in Seattle. But kind of take us from the 50,000-foot level on what is the key issue for Russell Wilson, as you've learned through your sources, with Pete Carroll, with the, the Seahawks organization, and why he might consider leaving the Emerald City. Yeah, you know, I don't think this story gets written, at least right now, if he hadn't come out right after the Super Bowl and and really complained about the building of their offensive line and stressed how frequently he's been hit and sacked and and really, you know, put that on the organization that needs to be done better. He went on Dan Patrick's show. He went uh, to the Ellen DeGeneres show. He was very uh, much more vocal, you know, kind of in a in a public way than he's been in the past. And that really led us to go and just collect the breadcrumbs that have been dropped over the last seven, eight years. They're all kind of known in Seattle, and I live in the Seattle area, and they've come up around contract negotiations and, and other points. But I think it's pretty clear, listening just to what Russell Wilson said. You know, he was talking about Tom, Brady, LeBron, James. That's the type of legacy he wants, and I think he watched the Super Bowl, was frustrated that Tom Brady changed and was able to get a win and pick some of the players. And 
he's kind of been pushing for that anyway in Seattle and hasn't gotten it to the degree that he's wanted. And so it's gotten kind of public uh, here. I had to laugh because, I mean, if he thinks that Pete Carroll has too much control, I, I don't, does Gruden have less control of the Raiders? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, no. That And Mike, that, than anybody. <laughs> that was the first thing and why I'm very skeptical that he would find his way to Las Vegas from the beginning. And that's how I felt because because of that. And, and you write in the story um, that, you know, F- Carroll's formula – over and over again, and and how he's won with it is that conservative philosophy about you know how you methodically run the ball that opens up the the offense, so then you can you can attack on offense, and and it sounds awfully familiar to what I hear. Uh, and I'm sitting here in the building, the Raiders building, and that's what John Gruden does. And so when you look at Russell Wilson and you think about. Clearly, he's been the most sacked quarterback in the NFL over his career. There's, there's lots there that they need to do. But remember, going back when he was still on his rookie contract, and you guys write about this, they did address the offensive line, and, and, they, and, and, they went, and then they gave him the big extension, and that limited them. So, so what Russell Wilson's asking for outside of scheme and play calling and all that. But as far as the player personnel go, does he have a point? Uh, does this team need to invest more to protect him? Or are there other things afoot here? Well, they certainly could have done a better job on the offensive line. And that, we pointed that out. Look, they were a high-spending offensive line team. Then they paid Russell Wilson. And they paid a bunch of other guys, by the way. Richard Sherman, Earl Thomas, Cam Chancellor, Marshawn Lynch, Michael Bennett. A bunch of really good Pro Bowl borderline Hall of Fame players in some cases, and they let a bunch of linemen go. And they didn't re-sign Russell O'Kong, or they didn't re-sign not even guys who weren't that great, James Carpenter or whatever. No one at the time thought those were guys who they should have been funneling the money to, right? Uh, that being said, um, the line should be better. Um, it hasn't been that great. I just don't didn't get the feeling watching the team every week that we were going to be talking about that after the season. I mean, they, they averaged 28 points a game. They hit some bumps down the stretch. Russell Wilson was part of that. They played some good defenses. That made it harder for them. And I just thought, hey, you'd come into the off season and, and continue to build the team. They won 12 games. You know, they won 11 the year before that, 10 the year before that, 9 the year before that. It didn't feel like this was really you know, the crisis. So I think what it tells you is that it's bigger than that, right? It's, it's, it's everything for him. Maybe it's being frustrated that he hasn't been back to a Super Bowl since those years when they had a great defense and, and feeling like the organization has let him down, which we can debate up and down, but I, I, a little bit careful what you wish for, you know, I mean, I don't know how many situations would be uh, way better. You're going to have issues. You, you go to Sean Payton, like it was on the list or John Gruden, they're in complete control, right? You know, yeah. Um, no. So, you know, I, I don't know who's going to let him be the GM. <laughs> well, and that's one of the issues, too. Again, Mike Sando, senior writer at The Athletic NFL, one of the co-authors of the big story on Russell Wilson today, is our guest here on Silver and Black today. And, and Mike, that's my question, too, because you, you guys outline in the story, too, um, before the Thursday night game against Arizona when Wilson met with the coaches and he wanted influence on how they were scheming and some of the personnel. And he outlined some of his ideas, and they were completely dismissed and, and from 
your sources told you he just walked out of the meeting. And so so you start to look at what we're seeing in the NFL. We're seeing with Deshaun Watson in Houston. Now, Deshaun Watson in Houston, a very different situation because that organization has been the model of dysfunction opposed to where, where they are in Seattle. But you start to see these this small group of NFL quarterbacks really pushing for more and more control over a lot of different areas in the NFL like they've seen some of their friends in the NBA do. I know it's a very different game, very different dynamics there, but how much of that is in play here? Is it the control that somebody like Russell Wilson wants? Is that possible in the NFL? I think the quarterbacks have always gotten special treatment and it's only gotten more and more um, as the rules have changed and everything. I mean, one of the reasons Tom Brady's still playing and and looks leaner than he's ever been is because he never gets smashed like they used to at the position. So Mm -hmm. there's been this trend toward this. I think what's really happened now is there's a huge money component to it, too. I mean, Russell Wilson was paid $53 million in cash in the last year, and 30 before that. So, you know, you get treated special, and then you get paid special, and, you know, you are special. He He's amazing. He's an incredible player. I mean, he's probably going to be a Hall of Famer. So, you know, I mean, is it right that he would ask for more? I, I think that it's hard to... Are you there, buddy? Yep. I'm here. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah. Sorry about that. Sorry about that. Evan had, a, Evan had a question for you. Sorry, Mike. Hey, hey Mike. Uh, Russell Wilson has never really come off as the type of player that's a, like a me-first kind of guy. I mean, he did just win the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. That doesn't happen by accident. But we've heard a little bit more recently comments from him himself talking more about his, his own legacy and his you know his career and things like that. Do, do you get the sense that there this could be a case of maybe just his ego getting a little bit too big? Or, or is this how he's kind of always been? Yeah, I think there's a – well, he's always been the type of person um, who, you know, one of his sayings is, why not me? You know, he dreams big. He's one of those guys who wouldn't be in this position as a five foot eleven quarterback if he had just followed what everybody else's expectations for him were, right? So one of the great strengths of Russell Wilson is he believes in his greatness. He believes he can do this. Now, you know, in the team concept, there's probably limits to that, right? I mean, there's a line. (laughs) Um, And I think, you know, he's closer to that line, or you may, depending on your point of view, may think he's stepping over it. Is this going to create something in the locker room, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, I think football is the ultimate team game. And even when quarterbacks win, usually their defenses play well, Tom Brady, right? In the the Tampa game, the defense, they, they allowed nine points. So he's the MVP of the game, but they had to score 10 points to win the game. Why? Right? And that's true for most of these guys. Peyton Manning, when he won it, when he won it with the Colts, Bob Sanders came back and they were good on defense in the playoffs. And when he won it with Denver, the defense carried him. So it's a team game. And I think when the quarterback is out front too much, yes, it could have a, you know, it could have a negative negative impact. um, And it could weigh into this. Uh, Is that going to happen in Seattle? I don't think it does if the quarterback plays great all the time. You know, I think you can get away with a lot. But he didn't play great down the stretch last year, and maybe some of that was on the team. Pete Carroll, you know, you know, the allegations of him being outdated and all that offensively could be part of it. But I don't think he played as great as he could either, and he has to play great in order to justify the whatever he wants, the seat at the table and all that. Yeah, and Mike, I, I would – oh, go ahead, Evan, you had a follow-up? 
Yeah, just a follow up, Mike. You know, you, you talked about uh, the the team having a, a strong defense, and do you do you think part of that is the the problem here with with Wilson is that you know early in his career they had that success getting to those Super Bowls, but those teams were led by that strong defense. We all know that. Um, do you think that the organization is just not willing to you know part with that philosophy because they know that they can win the Super Bowl? With a strong defense, and they and they believe that is the recipe to win. Where well, yeah. Russell yeah. sees himself as the the main you know cog to all of this. Yeah, I would tie it more into the running game. Okay, I think defensively they want to be good, and they're not as good as they've been. Right, all those great players we talked about, most of them aren't there, and they're kind of a middle of the pack defense. And maybe they were a little better than that second half of the year, a lot worse than that the first half of the year. But I think that, you know. When they turn the ball over, um, any defensive coach is going to take the ball out of the air, right? Or the air of the ball. He's going to run the ball more. And I think that happened this season. They were high-flying, the most pass-heavy team in the league, averaging 30-some points a game. They were throwing it more than Kansas City even, you know, early Mm -hmm. in the year. And then they hit a stretch. You know, they had seven turnovers in two games. Russell Wilson did. And Pete Carroll is not going to let that happen. That's just a defensive coach. All of them are like that. Right. I mean, we look, we may want to, we may throw it, but you start turning it over, we're going to tighten in the reins. I think that's what happened. And, and, uh, the, he didn't overly tighten them, but it, he publicly tightened them. And when you're, see your legacy as Russell Wilson sees his, and he was so close to joining those guys, he was going to be the MVP. And yet, here another year ends, he doesn't, he's never had even a vote for the MVP for his whole career. That was supposed to change. That seemed ordained to change. If you're Russell Wilson, you're going, why didn't that change? What happened? And how do we fix that? And so maybe that's we're seeing some of that frustration after he watched Tom Brady win his seventh right after changing teams. Yeah, yeah. And, Mike, the question I have for you sort of in closing here, and maybe I'll, I'll ask you one more about possible destinations. But first I want to ask you, I mean, is this – do you think this is something clearly there's there's posturing going on here with agents and the team and the player and all that kind of stuff and Russell Wilson with CAA and is with his wife you know he's got a lot of interest he's got a lot of savvy he's got a lot of brand he's very polished um do you think that this is a relationship with him and Pete Carroll because it's obviously a personal thing here too related to football do you think this is something that they can get by they can rectify or do you think that the philosoph- the philosophical differences between what Pete Carroll knows and what he wants to do and what has worked in the past is just too much to overcome. I think they could make it work. You know, I think it just takes them having a successful year on offense again and doing well, right? I mean, and maybe getting further in the playoffs, which they should have a chance to do. They're a pretty good team. They have a new coordinator, which Russell Wilson sat in on the interviews for those guys, and this was the guy that he wanted, uh, Shane Waldron, who was under Sean McVay. So uh, if I were the team, I would certainly be saying publicly at some point, we love Russell Wilson, right? I mean, this is silly. He's got three years left on his deal. I don't think anyone thinks Russell Wilson's going to hold out and not play. He's a competitor. I think he'll show up. I think he'll prepare. I think he'll work hard. I think he'll be tough. I mean, all those things that he's been, I I would think, why wouldn't he be those things again? He's got three years left on his deal, right? If I'm Seattle, I'm only listening if someone gives me a good quarterback and a bunch of picks. Otherwise, you've got to just move on and keep building with this team and try to make another run at it. Yeah, and I know in, in closing, too, I know you guys just ran a piece I mentioned uh, last segment uh, where you explored, again, hypothetical trade offers from all the teams mentioned, including the Raiders. And I look at those offers that you, you guys came up with. Uh, the Raiders, uh, you had Derek Carr, 
uh, a number one in 2022, John Simpson, the, the, the second year guard and Tanner Muse, the, the safety um, as, as compensation. And to me, I look at those offers and I look at the Raiders and I look at the Cowboys. And again, I want to say on the record, Mike, I don't think Russell Wilson's going to go anywhere, but if he were, it's to me, your point about John Gruden and, and Pete Carroll having similar philosophies around football is a huge impediment and a huge red flag for me. But the Cowboys and the Raiders seem to me to be, along with the Dolphins, maybe if they wanted a young quarterback, um, seem to me the destinations where it was more possible because of that quarterback that could come back to Seattle at a lesser cost uh, for them on the salary cap. Dallas would be amazing. I mean, I think that would be fun. I think Dak Prescott has shown a lot. He's grown into the position, but maybe he's where Russell Wilson was five years ago or whatever. Right. You know what I mean? Four years ago where, God, oh, this guy's better than we thought he was. I mean, we can win with him. Maybe we can get to the championship. Dak hasn't had that number one defense that Russell had, right? I mean, he had a good mm-hmm. offensive line, had some good weapons. That's waned a little bit. His contract's up. Uh, that would actually be fun. I, I think Seattle, Pete Carroll could play his style exactly the same with with Dak Prescott, and the, and they may not be much worse, you know, and and if 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 Russell Wilson wants to chase glory and for America's team and be America's quarterback and you know it feels good to him, uh, who knows? But remember, Jerry Jones has a fair amount of power there too. And yeah. last time I checked, he's not having the players <laughs> serve as general manager role. So no, you know, I, I don't know where that part's coming from. You know, yeah. where, where are you going to get that? I don't think Tom Brady has that. You know, you know what I mean. I mean, he was able to get Gronkowski and a couple guys, but I don't know that he's telling them, you know, who to draft. No. Yeah. No, that's why it's interesting and, and, and why, I, why, why I think you're right. I think, you know, people, especially Russell Wilson, who earlier in his career, as you know, covering him and living up there, people would, you know, talk about how boring his press conferences were and he was all contrived. He wouldn't say anything. And now he comes out, uh, obviously, the frustration of losing in the playoffs and the way his year ended. And he kind of uh, uh, gives you all of this fodder. Uh, but my guess is that they'll, they'll work it out up there. And if they start rolling, especially since they still look to be so competitive in that, that NFC West. It'll be interesting. But Mike, uh, we appreciate you spending so much time with us today. Great work uh, by you and the team at The Athletic on covering that issue, and we'll talk to you again soon. Hey, thanks very much. All right, there you go. Mike Sando, senior NFL writer at The Athletic, also the host of the Football GM podcast, which is a great one. He votes on the Hall of Fame, uh, and you can follow him at Sando NFL on Twitter. All right, great interview there. If you missed it, you just tuned in, we'll have it up on the podcast feed later tonight uh, and pass it along to people. It's a great insight into the Russell Wilson situation and even the talk about the Raiders there. All right, we're going to take a break. When Evan and I come back, we'll get back to your phone calls. What did you think? 702-365-9200. Would you trade? Again, just for fodder, would you trade Derek Carr, a number one in 2022, John Simpson and Tanner Muse for Russell Wilson? We'll get your calls. 702-365-9200. Silver and Black today rolls on on a Thursday. The autumn wind is a raider, and when it blows, it comes from the Las Vegas desert. Back to Silver and Black Today, here on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. All right, welcome back. Silver and Black Today, 25 after the hour. 
Scott Branson, Evan Grote. As always, Silver and Black today, powered by our good friend Sam and Ash, the injury attorneys. Reach them anytime, 702-820-1234, because you deserve what's right. Evan, it's so amazing. I'm getting, I, I just got a, a DM from one of our listeners saying, okay, hopefully – the next show, since since tomorrow's our last show, uh, won't talk about trading car ever. <laughs> don't count on it. Let's not. Don't count on it. Yeah. No. Exactly. And it's like, uh, guys, I just said, I, I and I'm going to tell you right now on the air, on the record, I think there's less than one half of one percent chance that the Raiders trade Derek Carr. Okay. So there you go. I'm not advocating for it. I'm just telling. It's. What do you want to talk about? Yeah, I mean, you know, Scott, Scott, I, I, I got a comment on this. You know, I, I, I have a, a newfound respect for, uh, and I've had that respect now for a couple of years, as long as I've been doing my podcast. It's tough. I mean, it's tough. I do a once a week show. You're doing a, a two hour show five days a week. I mean, you, you got to feel content. And, and when there's a story like this that's out there, I mean, we're going to talk about it. So, I mean, I, I think people out there aren't aware of how difficult it is to plan and produce and, and execute uh, execute a show, especially this time of year. So that that's what I would say to the listeners out there that are criticizing you about the content of the show. Well, and I don't care if they criticize me. I got, dude, I got, I got kooks out there who, who, who it, one day I will share the crap that I get from people um, and I'll expose them. I just don't like to give them the attention. Uh, but the stuff that I get is unbelievable. And, and I just don't share that and talk about it much. But when it comes to subject matter, if, you know, if I got on the air today and made this all up and said, hey, I was thinking last night, what if the Raiders traded for Russell Wilson? Okay, fine. Then you could come at me and say, why are you making this stuff up? And, and I understand that, to your point. We, we as content producers, radio hosts, podcast hosts, newspaper writers, website writers, you, when, when it's slow, you have to come up with content. So you reach down in the bag and you find something that's relevant. Now, this news broke today. We just talked to Mike Sando. Mike Sando is one of the most respected NFL writers there is, okay? He is phenomenal. He, along with two of his colleagues, wrote that story because the Russell Wilson rift in Seattle just happened to have a Raiders angle because he mentioned as one of the I didn't mention them as one of the teams. I didn't say, and you didn't say, and... Other journalists didn't say, what if it was the Raiders? No. What we said was, that's one of the reported teams. That doesn't mean the Raiders have an interest. No one said that. No one said the Raiders are going to trade Derek Carr. Okay? So chill. We're just talking about it. <laughs> and I bet if you were going, I bet if anybody was to go on to any national sports talk radio show today, they'd be talking about Russell Wilson and you know what's been put out there today by by the Athletic, Mike Sando, and it's probably being talked about right now on ESPN. Sure. So I mean, sure. this is a huge, a huge story in the NFL when you have one of its top players, Walter Payton, Man of the Year, uh, who who is kind of. Expressing his his um, you know unhappiness right. uh, with an organization, it's a big story, and as you've said, it has it ties in with the Raiders because he mentioned them as one of the organizations. Right, and, and, you know, we could instead do do eight hours a week on the 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 Raiders possible draft or excuse me possible cap cuts. I mean, if you want to talk about Trent Brown for two hours, we could do it. I just don't think it's, it would be that interesting. Uh, but it, this is fascinating, too. Again, I go back to the point. 
And sometimes one of my favorite gifs or gifs, however you want to say it, the proper word is actually gif, but most people hate saying it that way because they think you're talking about peanut butter. <laughs> but but is the one where it shows point and it's going over like this cartoon's head because the point to me here is not whether or not they should trade Derek Carr. And we're going to talk, by the way, Vinny Bonsignor will be up in about 10 minutes here. He just wrote a story for the RJ saying that the Raiders are uh, probably not going to pursue Russell Wilson. Duh. Um, but, but a good story by Vinny if you haven't had a chance to read it yet. So we'll talk to him about it. But um, it, it, it's, it's, the situation is, if you're a Raiders fan, if you're a member of Raider Nation, you'd be like, damn, yeah, we'd be a great spot for him. We don't want him or he's not going to come. That's cool. We don't need it. Thank you. Appreciate it. But how cool is it that a future Hall of Famer, top five NFL quarterback, when he lists where he wants to go, and Deshaun Watson similarly had a list that was leaked out, and the Raiders weren't on it. So look at it from that perspective that, look, the Raiders have become attractive enough. Yes, they haven't made the playoffs since 16. Yes, they haven't advanced in the playoffs since 2002, three. Okay, so that's a long time. There's people alive listening to the show right now who've never seen the Raiders win a playoff game. Okay, figure that. But one of the greatest quarterbacks to play the game and a guy who's still got a lot left in the tank said he would go to the Raiders. To me, Evan, that's the positive to look at here. And, and, and again, same if, you're, if you love Derek Carr. The fact that Derek Carr is being talked about only in relation to these names, too, is, I think, a big deal. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, listen, in, in any profession, there's always going to be someone who who is better than you, unless you're, you know, Tom Brady or Michael Jordan, or you're the, you're the absolute at the pinnacle. But for most of us, there's probably somebody better out there. There's a better phys ed teacher out there than me. I'm I'm, I'm sure. But you know, uh, Derek Carr should not be uh, uh, ashamed of hearing these types of rumors being thrown around. These are great quarterbacks that they're talking about. The fan base shouldn't be offended by hearing these types of rumors. Again, top five quarterbacks that we're talking about. And as I said at the top, I'm flattered that as a Raider fan, uh, that Russell Wilson wants to consider the Raiders because you know what that tells me, damn, you know what, maybe they're not as far off as I think, you know, maybe, maybe they are more attractive to some potential free agents. So maybe other players around the league share that same thought as Russell Wilson is that, you know what? The Raiders, they're on their way back. They're trending in the right direction. I like what they they're building out there. I like the new, you know, facilities and all that stuff. So, you know, maybe this is common thought amongst other players in the league as well. So who knows? I mean, I, I just think that there is a positive from this as well. It's not just negative thoughts about, oh, here we go. Here's another story about, you know, possibly Derek Carr being traded. And 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 as you said many times, it's it's not at all about Derek Carr being traded. No. The story is about Russell Wilson being unhappy and him telling you where he would be happy playing. That, that's the story. Listen, 95% of the conversation we've had about Russell Wilson on the show today has been about Russell Wilson and where what he's doing, what he could be. We just had Mike Sando do a deep dive on the issues with Russell Wilson in Seattle. We barely talked about the Raiders. Uh, and I have listeners that are DMing me on Twitter saying, talk about the defense instead. Okay, the defense was bad. They have to fill spots. The end. I mean... We, you can't talk about the defense for two hours. What are you going to talk about? I mean, you want to review everybody at their positions? They have no defensive linemen right now to speak of. They have two up front. 
So my point is, and listen, I appreciate our listeners. I respect our listeners. I'm not trying to slam anybody, and I'm happy to have disagreements and conversations respectfully because 99% of you who interact with me, with the show, with Raider Nation Radio, do it respectfully even when you disagree. But this is the biggest story in the NFL today, so we're talking about it, and um, I think it's interesting that the Raiders were mentioned. If the Raiders weren't mentioned as that, I would not even be – I would be talking about it, but I wouldn't even mention the Raiders. I wouldn't say, well, what about the Raiders? No, I would just say, hey, Russell Wilson, here's what's going on. Let's get Mike Sando on to talk about it. It's a big story in the NFL. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's where it's at. So I don't, know, I don't know why people – to your point, Evan, at the top of the show, I don't know why people get so sensitive about stuff. <laughs> and if you're tired of hearing about it, then just tune out until August. Or draft time. Uh-oh. You That's right. Uh-oh. Somebody nuked me? What's the deal? No, I'm saying you're dropping a truth bomb on him. You tell him. Oh, you got it. That's, that's <laughs> that DeMond. I like that. That's that DeMond good. Cotton back in the studio. But it is true. It's like, okay, check in at the draft time. But then what will happen, we'll start talking about the, So let's say we spend the next week talking about the draft. You don't know anything. It's not even free agency yet. Uh, okay, so let, you don't want us to talk about the draft or mock draft because they haven't signed free agents yet. Okay, so that means that we should just not we should just all go off the air until March seventeenth. Okay, there we go, we got it. Great job, great feedback, thank you. <laughs> but Evan, I you know that's the thing too. I mean, look with the Raiders, it is a time where the, usually in a, in a normal year we would have the combine this week. Correct, correct. So yeah, we could I, talk. Go ahead. No, we could talk specifically about defensive players that we liked in the combine. And I know there's some of you four cone geeks out there. The most <laughs> ridiculous thing that matters very little. But there are some of you who want to watch the four cone. Got to have the four cone. You got a sound for the four cone, Damon? <laughs> but nonetheless, we'd be talking about that, no doubt. Right, Evan? I mean, but I, and I miss the combine. I mean, it would be awesome to see some of these guys working out. You know, I listened to you earlier in the week and you were breaking down potential free agent fits for the defense with Hondo. And, and so, you know, you, you cover, you, Scott, you, you cover all the bases. You always do. And, you know, it comes with the territory, right? And, and, and you know that. But um, it, it's, it all comes from a good place with Raider fans. We're, we're of passionate. Course. No, they're awesome. You know, yeah. And that, that's what it comes down to. But, I, you know, I don't okay. see, personally, I, I love stories like this. And even even though uh, it's about a, a player from another team, I just, as Mike Sando pointed out in his piece, it, it has the storyline just has everything that you know we love in life. It, there's a power struggle. It involves money, control, and it, it's just fascinating to me that you know for for nine years that this relationship has seemingly been very good. The Seahawks organization has been very good with Russell Wilson at quarterback. Yeah, yeah. But, Playoff playoff appearances in, in eight of his nine seasons, and then all of a sudden, you know, some some emotions get involved and frustrations, and it starts to you know play a large role. And to me, it, it's just an interesting story. And then when you when you spin the Raiders aspect into it, you know, it, it, how could we not talk about it? So I, I think it's a fascinating story, really. I really do. But but Evan, you should be talking about the defense. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want me to say? They, they stink. There you go. There's my opinion. The defense is... <laughs> they need to draft them. They need to sign free agents. Yes, we all know what the defense needs. 
Yeah. Oh, my good. A great interview by my colleague and friend JT the Brick, by the way, on the show before us. He had David Irving on, who I think is actually going to be a sneaky, really big deal for the Raiders next year. So um, good kudos to JT for bringing him on. All right. We're going to go out on a phone call here before we hit our final break. It is Tom in the District of Columbia. Tom, what's going on, man? Hey, guys. Scott, Evan, good to talk to you this evening. Good to talk to you, man. And I want to, Scott, first of all, I want to wish you well uh, in your future endeavors, and I know that uh, you've had health to take care of, and just want to let you know that on behalf of uh, all of us from the Only Nation podcast and everybody else uh, nationwide, uh, you have our prayers and our best wishes going forward. Well, I appreciate that, Tom. You guys are great, and I would be happy to come on the podcast anytime. It's a blast. You guys are doing great work, and I recommend it to anybody. Thanks. Listen, this whole story with Russell Wilson, wow, what a story. And, and again, as Evan just mentioned, you know, when, when feelings get kind of feathers get ruffled a little bit, and all of a sudden you have a star athlete who's uh, less than enamored with his current team, and of course somebody of such a high caliber as Russell Wilson, it's definitely a story. And of course, the Raiders were mentioned on the short list of teams that he would not mind playing for, and uh, you know, that, that puts our whole offseason into a quandary. I'll just kind of shut up and listen from here. Yeah, no, I mean, listen, again, you know, no one here on this show, uh, and my man, thanks for the call, I appreciate that. No one here on the show is, is advocating for a trade or that the Raiders are doing it. And Vinny's going to come up next, and he actually just wrote a story on that, how the Raiders aren't likely to, to, to pursue that. And, and I agree with him, and so we'll talk about that. Although I disagree with him on some of the compensation stuff, so we'll talk about that. But um, we'll, we'll do that. We're going to go back on the phone lines. Before we get to the break, I want to make sure I get all the callers in. It is Charles in Bowling Green. Charles, you're on with Scott. And Evan, what do you got for us today? Hey, Scott, just want to say, buddy, I'm going to miss you. I started out with listening to your podcast when you very first started and followed ah. you to the show. So just uh, God bless you, good luck, and uh, I'll be praying for you. I appreciate and, that. you know, I, it, real quick on just the whole Derek Carr thing, I think Raider Nation is so frustrated. I, I'll be honest, this is the first year, and I'm, I'm probably one of the most positive Raider fans you'll ever meet. This is the first year that I feel like we may take a step back next year, and that's scary. That's a really hmm. scary. I just don't see how we fix it with the tackle issue and losing all these defensive players and I hope I'm wrong you know but I just don't see how we can fix it there's not unless we sign a a stud and we need a really good you know defensive player so I think when the car issue comes up anytime they talk about trade I think Raider Nation is just frustrated we want to see something different you know we do the same thing every year and it's not working yeah and you got you got how many coaches and GMs get fired every year because they think they know what they're doing so it's I think that's the part that's probably really Raider Nation is frustrated about because if we don't trade Carr this year, and I'm not saying I want us to trade Carr, his max value goes down, and we all know why, because these, these teams that could make the playoffs need a quarterback, and after that, that's it. Carr's our quarterback, and so I, I don't know the right thing to do. I wish I did. I'd be a GM, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But. No, I, I get it, Charles, and, and thank you for the kind words. And, yeah, you keep in touch with us. Uh, we'll, we'll have some podcasts run up uh, up and running uh, as well as I'll hopefully be on Evan's Just Pod Baby. Uh, and then we'll do some we'll, – we'll be doing live videos. Once I get recovered a little bit from some of this stuff, um, we'll do that as well. Uh, so I appreciate that very much. But I, you know what, I, Evan, I, 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 send, I, I understand it because I didn't grow up and I was not a, a Raiders fan uh, like these guys are. Maybe, maybe that's why I'm more optimistic like, – like, I, I don't think they're going to take a step backwards. I understand the needs and the things that you have to do to change, but I don't believe 
that they're going to take a step backward. I think they will take a step forward uh, next year. Yeah, I agree. I, I think we've seen some some steady growth, uh, you know, under Gruden in his second stint with the team. And, and, and although last year, you know, I think a lot of us were hoping to see a little bit more growth than we did. I, I still think they're on the right track. I think, you know, moving on from Paul Gunther will will pay some dividends and, and, and you know, Bradley comes in and hopefully address the defense, bring in some pieces. And I, I, I think they're on their way They're I, I don't think they're as far off it as some think, uh, but they get the defense figured out and, and continue to improve in, in specific areas on offense as we've talked about the red zone got to be one of those areas yeah no doubt about it okay one more quick call it's our good friend just win wendy what's going on wendy hey i just wanted to make a quick comment and that is that, I mean, it's all over the news you know power and a 10-year relationship having a problem and money is a big problem i mean free britney oh wendy that was a good laugh i needed that one that was good that was good whether maybe we just need to put out a free russell from his poor conservative ship (laughs) (laughs) and the 53 million dollars he's made over the last two years (laughs) i feel so bad for him really oh my god that's too funny all right wendy you have a good one Take care. Bye. You too. All right. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Vinny Bonsignor will join us. You're here with Evan and Scott, Silver and Black today, live from the Raiders headquarters in Henderson. From Stabler to Plunkett and Allen to Jacobs, we've got your Raiders covered on Silver and Black today. Here's your host, Scott Colbranson. Welcome back. Silver and Black today here on Raider Nation Radio. And I want to remind you, I have all the energy today because of Dr. Jen's Ultimate Protein Bars. That's right. It's great nutrition, the entire family. I use it as meal replacement for lunch. Certified gluten-free, all-natural ingredients, no artificial sweeteners, superfoods like spinach, kale, and quinoa. And also, they taste great. They don't taste like you're eating a leather shoe. This this is really good stuff. Uh, And Dr. Jen's Ultimate Protein Bars, you can buy them at drjensnutrition.com. Use the code SBT10. And you get a special discount plus free shipping. Dr. Jen, Dr. Andrew, their sudden Aiden. Also, you can buy them Vegas Discount Nutrition, also Terrible Herbst throughout Las Vegas Valley. Good folks. They are members of Raider Nation, and I know Raider Nation supports Raider Nation. All right, Evan Grote, Scott Branson back with you, and we bring in our guy, Vinny Bonsignor, who's coming up next in the huddle from 4 to 6. Vinny, we know the trade is imminent. <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about? What are oh, we talking yeah. about? I well, I'm trading you a box of Dr. Jen's Ultimate Protein <laughs> Bars. No. Um, hey, listen, I know you put out a story, too, about the Raiders. And listen, we brought up the story. I had Mike Sando, who you know well, um, uh, at the top of the hour to talk about the Russell Wilson situation. Uh, the Raiders being mentioned, I, my point all along. And people, of course, the the pro and anti-Derek Carr people have come out of the woodwork again. And I've said all along. I don't believe the rate. I think I, I said less than a 1% chance, and it's probably less than that. But I said, here's the issue. The Raiders being mentioned as a team he would accept a trade to is a positive. It doesn't mean that's going to happen. Yeah, no doubt about it. I've been saying for a while now that the Raiders um, are a uh, viable destination and a popular destination. Um, mm-hmm. I was talking, forget uh, who I was talking with. Um, I think it was it was yesterday uh, with Clay and Pritch about um, the feedback that I was getting from defensive coordinators that were interested in the Raider job. Uh, you know, when when it was open, the defensive coordinator job uh, when it was open was 
that's not a bad place, and the the, the cupboard's not bare. Uh, there's talent uh, on on the field, uh, a lot of young talent. There's a will to win, you know, from from the uh, top of the organization on on, on down. Um, so it's it's interesting sometimes how uh, situations are viewed sometimes by the fan base compared to how it's viewed across right. the NFL. And um, so if that gives you any indication, there were hey, this is a pretty pop. This is a, this is a, a a good job. This is a job that defensive coordinators wanted uh, to step into in spite of the fact that this is a defense that gave up 30 points per game. So they were seeing things that I think fans sometimes overlook. And I think that the Raiders uh, here in Las Vegas, especially now being in Vegas, and it's a, the cost of living here is great. There's no state tax. There's a beautiful new stadium. There's a beautiful new uh, facility in, in Henderson. Uh, there's an offense that's moving in the right direction. Um, there's talent on defense, a new defensive coordinator. There's a lot to like about the Raiders being in Las Vegas and players are going to uh, recognize that. Hey, Vinny, uh, it's Evan. I, I haven't had a chance to, to read your, your latest piece, but I want to ask you about something. I, I think it was a couple weeks ago when you, you tweeted this out, and and correct me if I'm wrong, if I don't have it 100% accurate, I'm not reading it word for word here, but when all that talk about Deshaun Watson was getting real hot and heavy, I think what you said was is you, you felt about 80% confident that if Watson was made available, that you felt the Raiders would, would make a trade for, you know, trade car possibly, and then go after Watson. Watson, I did skim your piece briefly. You don't sound as confident about a deal for Wilson. Why is that? Why do you feel that way? Yeah, and I don't think I said uh, 80% sure. Uh, I was the, the article that I wrote a couple of weeks ago was that uh, there was uh, interest in Derek Carr uh, from around the league. There were various teams that were, you know, that are that are interested in bringing in Derek Carr uh, um, as as their quarterback. And what I did in that article was, hey, you know, uh, talk to some general managers around the league. Uh, what would what would an asking price be for Derek Carr? What would be a viable uh, asking price for, uh, for Derek Carr? And then also, why would the Raiders trade? Him. And so from that perspective, from the feedback I got uh, from from people around the NFL was two first round picks would be a uh, a, a fair market for Derek Carr, not necessarily the Jets two first round picks, but lower in the draft first round picks. You know, if you're a team in the playoffs, uh, pick it in the 20s, that would be fair value for Derek Carr. And then but you're only going to trade Derek Carr if there's simultaneously a better option to replace him with. And that's where the Deshaun Watson uh, part of it came into play. If all of those things happen, yeah, the Raiders, why wouldn't they be interested? Uh, that would be a represented dramatic um, upgrade. In terms of Russell Wilson, in a vacuum, of course, the Raiders, as a bunch of other teams, should be interested in, in Russell Wilson. He's arguably a top, what, three, four quarterback in the NFL. Uh, I've literally seen him win games, not single-handedly because that's impossible, but as close to single-handedly as possible, just willing his team to to wins against the Rams in games that I covered, where you're just where if it wasn't for him, they don't win the game. Period. Exclamation point. They probably get blown out. Uh, he's that good of a quarterback. Uh, but the but the issue isn't, you know, would would the Raiders be interested in in Russell Wilson? The question is, would the Raiders be interested in Russell Wilson at the price that it would cost to go get him? And uh, in talking to some people across the NFL today. Um, they feel like a market for Russell Wilson would uh, eclipse what Matthew Stafford got uh, from the Rams to trade for, 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 for Stafford. So you're already talking about 
obviously Carr would probably be in, in, included in a trade like that. Uh, Matthew Stafford got two first-round picks and a third-round pick. Uh, the thinking ar- around the league is that Russell Wilson commends more than Matthew Stafford. He's a better quarterback than Matthew Stafford. So you'd probably be talking about Derek Carr, multiple first-round picks, uh, at least maybe three first-round picks uh, for, for him. Um, and would they be interested at that point? That's a lot to give up. Uh, and, and also, um, speaking outside the vacuum, you also have, if you're the Raiders, a bunch of needs defensively. And mm-hmm. are you? Mm-hmm. Uh, it, does it make sense to to uh, take some of the assets that you would uh, be using toward defense to go get you know uh, a, a Russell Wilson? Does that make sense? So um, I, for those reasons. I would tend to think that it's unlikely that the Raiders made a, uh, a pursuit of Russell Wilson. But, you know, if the, if, the, if the Seattle Seahawks come out and say, you know what, we've come to the end of the line of Russell Wilson. He obviously wants out. We're okay to trade in him. The Raiders are one of the four teams that he's mentioning as a, uh, a team that he would be interested in. It behooves the Raiders to make that call and push it as far as they possibly can within reason uh, because Russell Wilson is that good of a quarterback. Yeah, and, that, and that's what we've been trying to say today because a lot of people don't even want to talk about about it because listen we wouldn't be, we would be just talking about Russell Wilson uh, if the Raiders weren't mentioned, there wouldn't even be talk about this. But because they're mentioned in the same breath, uh, and and by the way, there's there's nothing else going on. I think the, the the again to me the positive is they're mentioned. And to your point about the the DC uh, selection and how they were looking for defensive coordinators, how people were interested. I think to me that is if I'm in Raider Nation, don't worry about trades and all that kind of stuff. It, it's it's not going to happen. But what I will tell you is that it just goes to show you that the Raiders as a destination as a team that players want to go to, as a coach that players want to coach with, is, is, has, has elevated itself again because of the moves that the organization has made, including to Las Vegas, including the, the construction of Allegiant Stadium, including the construction of the facility I'm sitting in right now in Henderson, that has made this franchise that much more appealing to players, coaches, and executives. And so, to me, that's what you should take away, and it's a positive for Raider fans. And the Derek Carr trade stuff just take it for what it is. It's just fodder during a dead period in the NFL. Vinny, have a great show coming up at 4 o'clock, my friend. I'm sure you'll be talking a lot more about this. You got it. Thanks a lot. Have a good one. Uh, take care, Evan. Have a good show, Vinny. All right. Thank you. All right. Uh, hey, Evan, this is our last show, but we'll be doing other shows uh, when it comes to podcasts. So thank you, bro. I appreciate you being on every Thursday with us. Yeah, absolutely, man. Thank you so much for the opportunity. All right. For Evan Grote, for DeMond Cotton and Chris Chapman back in the studio, and thanks to the Raiders for hosting us here at the studio in Henderson today. This is Scott Colbrands, and this has been Silver and Black Today on Raider Nation Radio. We'll talk to you tomorrow.